This is Off the Break Podcast, presented by Silver Screen Insider. Welcome again to the Off the Break Podcast, your podcast dedicated to current movie theater news, operations, and insights from the people that book the movies. I'm here with the congested Cody. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, honey. And the ever-present, excited, Friday-jazzed Kyle. Yep. That's me every Friday. (laughs) Jazzed is how I would describe him today. Yep. (laughs) It's not even spring. It's summer allergies. I just, I hate grass. I don't know what it is. (laughs) Yeah, you just stepped into the office and then suddenly it just hit you like a freight train. I know. Yeah, it just, it's tough. I'm blowing my nose. My eyes are watering. I'm like, maybe I'm allergic to work. (laughs) Maybe it's just the work. (laughs) Then in that case, yeah, then I'm feeling sick too. Oh, no. Yeah. You, beat me, you beat me to that joke. That's why I mentioned congested because I was going to nail you with that halfway in. <laughs> Dang it. I had that one loaded in the chamber ready to fire. Better oh. luck next time. And yeah. better luck next time. Oh, so we've got lots of news this week more news pretty quiet week yeah um we only have like one release schedule change which is like kind of normal it's great yeah i love it um comeback trail from cloudburst cloudburst yeah yeah is back on the schedule uh july 23rd yeah kyle and i got a screener of this way back at the end of last year because this was supposed to be a christmas release Mm -hmm. or the week Oh, like it was several 12, releases. 12, 11 or 12, yeah. 18 or something. But that was the one that they, they gave us a screener for. This is the release date. Oh, yeah. We, we watched in the dates. office. You guys laughed out it loud. It was great. Yeah, it, it was, was really a good. really good film. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so to see it back on the release schedule is uh, nice to see because I've been wondering, like, what is going to become of that this, movie. This one's the one with De Niro, De Niro right? De Niro? Rob- De Niro. Robert De Niro. And <laughs> Super De Niro. <laughs> <laughs> And he plays a movie producer, and mm-hmm. they're trying to kill their star to cash in on the life insurance money. Yeah, but you know, make Tommy, it look make it look like an accident. Played by Tommy Lee Jones, Morgan Freeman's in it as a yeah. gangster. Zach yeah. Braff is in it as a naive uh, like associate a, producer. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's there like helping set up these scenes for murder. Right, but <laughs> he, he doesn't, doesn't know what he he's has doing. No idea. Unbeknownst to him. But then you can't kill Tommy Lee Jones. He's indestructible. No. That shit. Frail, maybe, but indestructible. Yeah, <laughs> I would put this into the like category of like the the get shorties, like the movie that don't really fit mainstream, but it was very well done. I was yeah. very surprised by how good it was. Yeah, myself included. I'm glad they have dated it now because I'm dating July product. Like now, I'm. It's happening. I'm looking at the. I've already dated everything up through July 9th. I'm looking at the 16th and the 23rd. So yeah, it's it could not if it had come. They had made the decision to date this later. It may not have made it in. No, no, we're fighting for every screen. Every <laughs> we're fighting for every inch right now because right. there is so much product. It's tough because there's so much product. You want to make sure you get everybody in, and you just don't know how any of it's going to perform. Like you don't yeah. know if you're going to have to give things three, four, five weeks. Or more. Or, or if you can make yeah. them last that long to fill a screen. I mean, at one hand, I almost have too much product and I'm getting, you know, to get it all in. And on the other, if things don't perform, I won't have enough. Yeah. And that's just a weird, you're just hoping for the best. Here. No, and then the allocating of screens. I mean, if yeah. you had a, a Fast and Furious movie pre-COVID, you were dedicating 
30% or more of your screens in a complex to it. On an opening weekend, yeah. not yeah, the whole totally. run. No, no, but an opening weekend to open it, you were doing that. Yeah. And now, if you did that, you would have two empty auditoriums. You could, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it would be, instead of having 100 people in one show at 9 o'clock, you'd have 33 in three different shows. Yeah. And it wouldn't, uh-huh. I mean, the per caps are so much different than they were before. Yeah, I mean, there's still... A lot of people that don't realize theaters are open. There's still a lot of people hesitant. And then, and I think overall, people have been not socializing in public for so long that it's actually kind of anxiety-ridden to get back into it. They're just struggling. They're struggling to get back into that socializing routine. And I think movies are going to be a great way for them to dip their toe into that because they're going to go. They're not going to be so overrun with people. It's still pretty safe. They can wear a mask if they want. Mm-hmm. It's still... I think the best kind of experiment, whereas eating out and stuff might be a little overwhelming. Oh yeah. Um, I would say that restaurants are filled at 100% more so than movie theaters are right now, even though they're, you know, restrictions are starting to loosen in some areas, but no, that's still the case for theaters. It might, I mean, it's already been safe to begin with, but it's probably even more safer if there's still people out there being super cautious. Yep. So as far as um, any booking strategies I have moving forward, it's just date what I can. Get, date it all. We date, have stuff. Get it in there now. And, you know, and we'll take it week by week on holdovers to see how long things play and, and to see if I have holes. But I'm taking anything and everything right Looking now. Looking at the film companies to work with us on being able to stack schedules and move things around. And that's how it's going to have to work. Yeah. With all this product, if you have a theater that normally grosses, you know, five figures on an opening of a film and that film drops to four figures. I mean, you're, you're doing things that you never thought you'd ever do with moving things around. Yeah. There's some of that that's going to be an issue, but if something's performing, you're not going to stack it. So that'll, if, if a film opens and it performs, you're not stacking it. You're going to bump something off the schedule. If it opens and doesn't perform, there's an opportunity to stack it on something else and get something new in there. If I think, the film companies allow it. Yeah, if they, they allow they, it. They become stringent on these things and Which they, allow. you know, I think they want to get back to being stringent because they still think that they're losing money. But I don't see, you know, it just goes to the big conundrum we had pre-COVID is if I'm only getting... 20, 30, 40% capacities in some of these auditoriums, I don't want to keep the film on screen. It's not worth it to me to keep it on screen. So you, you've you now lost a date rather than mm-hmm. than having it on there. So um, we'll just, you know, navigate that as we go. I think the biggest change I'm seeing as I'm planning forward now is all of the um, smaller, more independent distributors that had been with there through COVID that supplied us with product to just have something on screen, they still have product and they still want to be on screen and I have no screens for them. And that's, that's been the big challenge. And right. Yeah. And it's really hard because I, you know, do you take two screens or three screens of an F9 to open something from one of these distributors that had been there for you? But the problem is they don't market. They don't, have national marketing budgets they don't have the budget on the marketing spend and so even though i might have a screen available it's not worth it to bring in something that i then have to educate the audience on when i could have a second showtime of f9 which is you know the awareness of it is so high yeah 
So or, that's or keep Quiet Place or Cruella through yeah. this and not have to not have to advertise. If somebody sees Quiet Place on the marquee, they know exactly what that is. Well, not only not advertise, <laughs> but then you're not incurring more costs to ship hard drives for minimums for bookings. I mean, there's there's definitely a cost there outside of the marketing cost to bring a film in. And it and it's pretty pretty minimal like overall. But if but if you don't at least have one sellout or you know a certain amount uh through the weekend then then that minimal cost becomes a burden and, and we your, don't want that and your time is worth a lot more than <laughs> that your time and effort is worth yeah. more than that minimum screen trying to make it work for right smaller films so there'll be you know times and places for it but i can't I can't book this stuff like I used to be able to and, and give everybody a screen and do a favor. So that's been kind of, uh, I think, a big challenge moving forward. Yeah, that's definitely a challenge that's still going to be kind of a wait-and-see type of approach, see if things yeah. get better so that way that becomes easier or, you know, just have to deal with what the new thing is now. Well, like I, I just got approached about a film on 618. It's... It's day and date VOD. There's not going to be a national marketing campaign on it. It it could only play for one week. It's got William Defoe in it, so it's got a kind of an unknown actor, but it's going to have a minimum. And it's like, why bring it in right before I'm going to open up all my screens for F9 for one week? I don't think I'm going to be able to to accommodate this film. And and so now I'm looking to see where. Because you want to play it at least two weeks because of the minimum, and I don't have a second week because of F nine coming in, so where where am I going to put it, and and can I accommodate it? It doesn't make sense. It doesn't really make sense to come off, you know, Quiet Place or Cruella, when I know for sure I'm coming off them to open F nine, coming off them a week early to accommodate this film. I just I don't even know if it's worth it. So that's you know the struggle that I'm going through right now is trying to find places where this may might make sense yeah the ifc's neons a24's of the world used to thrive in those shoulder seasons when we didn't have product yeah. but after last year it feels like they're like we're here too yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah yep. like, they i mean that's all we played last year that's all we had yeah mm-hmm. so now we're back into a normal year and fast and furious 10 and <laughs> i mean it's i mean this is the 22nd marvel movie or something like that it's yeah, some crazy amount and we have those to play we're not looking for some avant-garde horror film and or... i would love to play an avant-garde horror film instead of playing something that was day and date vod and yeah. and something from the big studios that's going to cost us a lot of money but the reality is is that the marketing dollars are not spent on that avant-garde horror film and the awareness of it is so low that it becomes a burden on the theater at this point um, to create the infrastructure to market it themselves. And they're just not there yet. The theaters aren't, independent theaters aren't there yet really to market um, product themselves. And that's something in the next year we have to really build on. We're going to have to build those marketing networks. We're going to have to build those practices that has to be built into their bu- their operating budgets moving forward. They're going to have to start selling these movies. If the movie is what the th- is on the screen that week, it, whether it be a gaming, a movie, a rent out, using your venue for other means, whatever it is, you're going to have to start selling that to people. And that's a huge radical departure from operating a theater 
10, 20, 30 years ago. So I, I, I foresee that as our next biggest challenge is, is the marketing on it. And when we get that in place, then in the, in it's a well-oiled machine, then I probably will be in the future able to bring in that avant-garde horror film because the process and the mechanics are there to market it. And I know I'll get the people for it right now. I'm relying so much on the studio to do that part that, and if they don't, then it just, it doesn't work. And, and that's the, the big change right now. So, um, I want to say, tell like a 24s and neons and the little guys hold in there. We're working to change the processes so that we can accommodate you moving forward. Mm -hmm. And then it'll be a whole different landscape. But right now we're still kind of stuck in that pre pandemic model where the studio pays for the marketing and the studio markets it and the theater plays it and that that's going to go away but that's just where we're at right now yeah i agree and we've and (laughs) we guys nailed it and we've seen the numbers go down from the major studios too for the amount of marketing budgets and things like that we're not seeing it the way they are they don't have have marketing budgets barely anymore i mean they're gonna they're looking for target marketing they're looking for digital marketing and it's got theater owners worried because they're not seeing ads and they may not be seeing ads because they're not targeted to see those ads. And that's, and that's tough. Cause you don't, you can't tell who's seeing those ads anymore and who you're getting and where they're going. And, and if a studio's marketing budget is cut and they're only looking at the top 25 markets, chances are that they're not actually, you know, marketing in your market. And so people probably aren't seeing the ads except for on streaming services. And they're probably seeing, more of the streaming side of those ads since they're trying to hype them up so much lately mm-hmm. that's probably accurate so sooner rather than later we're going to have to get smaller independent exhibitors into that marketing machine and educated on what it means to target your audience find your new customers and and get your campaigns out to them and get them back into the theater but it'll be not only just for movies it'll be for a lot of other things hopefully yeah, hopefully. Um, so how are we going to do that? Hopefully we'll get some SVOG money. <laughs> right, well, guys? Yeah. One can hope. One can hope. <laughs> well, Remember that was a thing? Shuttered Venued Operators Grant? I feel like I've imagined it at this point. Like, no, it's very real. Didn't people apply for this? Is this a real thing? Wasn't the government going to give us money? Yeah, and the government came through. We have a number. We have some, thing, some money moving out to affected Venue operators, looks like 64% of the people that applied have gotten money. Oh, wait. Yeah. It's 0.64%. Yeah. (laughs) Oops. Yeah. So uh, there was a recent New York Times article because we have not gotten any updates from SVOG. Now we know why. And NATO is doing an every other week conference call, so they didn't have any updates this last week for us. But I did see a New York Times article that said that... um, They've awarded 90 grants and there was 14,000 applications. Oh. Yeah. Uh, that's not even 1%. No, I mean, that's... They... 0.64 yeah. is, is lower than I would oh have expected. Oh my gosh, it's so bad. And then they... <laughs> Just a bit. The article oh. said that they okay. have been running into an issue where apparently if an EIN number matched a deceased person's uh, social security number they considered you deceased and so legitimate companies were 
being excluded like their applications were being denied because they were deceased and then how do you fix that like they're pronouncing people dead now yeah (laughs) that was a part of the deal (laughs) there's like no way to really fix that because the irs shows you fine because your social is fine Mm. um and your ein number is fine but the for some reason through this grant through the sba um they should they were saying you were dead so (laughs) there's a conspiracy somewhere in there oh my gosh so anyways, um, they're going to move the, uh, uh, the application, um, process and going through them from SBA to a subcommittee of SBA that was handling all the PPP. Cause now that PPP is pretty much done, um, they have time and energy and they'll tackle this and they will be a lot more efficient because PPP went out pretty well. Like yeah. there, there wasn't a lot of hangups. You got your money when you applied. So, um, Hopefully this means now that people will be getting paid, but it's just, it's so bad. I it's, never, I never thought that this worst case scenario for this thing would be that people are pronounced dead. <laughs> <laughs> that crossed a couple yeah. of bridges from where money was not distributed properly or appropriately. It's like, no, we actually pronounce people dead during this process. Right. How long do you think it took them before they're like 90 people? And how many oh. of the 14,000 are dead? No, Hold I, on. What's oh, going on And then, on of here? course, they went to Congress and they were like, we're doing a great job. We're doing the best we can. And I'm like, no, you guys are pathetic. You're, you are failing at this miserably. It's laughable. You should be so embarrassed oh, by yeah. this. People should be fired. This should be a fireable offense because it, you have been so inept at your job. Mm-hmm. The one thing you were really supposed to do and you can't get it done. Preach. Get them fired. <laughs> You're not wrong. Like, it, there's a reason why even in the New York Times, this article was kind of hidden, I feel like. Yeah. Can we bring Donald Trump back just to fire people <laughs> on TV? Like, and then all the money from the ad sales of this would go back to the theater. I wonder how many people. That's fog. So we could give people more money. How many people are listening going, woo! Firing. I mean, it's kind of sad. They're low-level government officials, but... No. You did a bad job. No, you they need to be fired. We could do it publicly. live and stream it into theaters. Yeah, <laughs> you could just show up at their house. The theater event. Oh, you like can't miss. You fired. You fired. <laughs> just come in in front of him and exit. Yeah. Fired. Yeah. Or we could actually do it like public executions. We could actually walk these people into theaters and then have them do it in person. <laughs> yeah. In front of people. You're fired. I would. I would pay for that. I'd pay to see that. Oh, I would too in a heartbeat. No, this is just depressing and i feel so bad for a whole lot of people that applied for this thing because they need help now and need it desperately yes and instead they're they're just screwing it up so much more than i could ever imagine yeah uh despite how much we kind of made fun of them at the same time like this is no but you kind of hope that on a certain level it shouldn't be this difficult you had you were given a grant for a certain type of business a Mm -hmm. movie theater a live venue etc if that if one of those businesses applies for this grant and can prove a loss how hard is it to be like, okay, application accepted, application accepted. Like why, why w- is this process so difficult? Like I just, I can't fathom it. Yeah. And from a, a, yeah. from a part of the government that is used to taking loan applications. It's not <laughs> like SBA doesn't do loans and hasn't forever. I mean, the processes are in place to review an That's, application and yeah. say yes or no, approve or decline 
and then put give them money i just basically at the simplest process this is should be sba's mo and somehow it's like we throw in movie theaters and live venues and they're like what are these i can't i don't can't figure this out what those are all different and strange but all restaurants are operated exactly the same yeah (laughs) all businesses when it comes to ppp exactly the same carpet cleaning fortune 500 company landscaping (laughs) service dog groomers all the same (laughs) give them the money Movie theaters, that's the that's a head scratcher. Movie theaters of Broadway, what do we do with this? <laughs> Poor art art departments everywhere are like, welcome to my life. Yeah. <laughs> I know what they can do with Broadway. <laughs> <laughs> Hamilton, one more time. <laughs> so I guess on the positive side, ninety people have received money. So money is going out. If you're one of the 90 people, congratulations great job for getting through the system. Tell me who you paid to get the money. Like who, what wheels did you grease? Cause we need to, we need to know. Yeah. And are you pronounced dead anyway, but you still got the money? Yeah. Send us your social security number and we'll just put it on everyone else's application. <laughs> Cause yeah. obviously it worked. It's the winning number. <laughs> we'll pay you 5% of whatever we get. The winning right. lottery number. <laughs> Yeah, this is what? that's insane. Yeah. What are the odds that these people have social security number like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they filled it in like zero, 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 one. Let's see if this works. <laughs> that's the one that, that made worked. it through. <laughs> uh, if, if that's probably what happened. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. That's, that's what I did. I got my, I got my, <laughs> I got my little piece of paradise. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, apparently a theater chain that doesn't need the money as bad as everybody else was AMC because they've been quoted recently in another article as saying that they're ready and looking to expand their footprint in the U.S. market. Wow. What? (laughs) Weren't you bankrupt like last week? They're still probably bankrupt. They got so lucky with with a stock rally from the Reddit betters out there that... That's true. We had... I mean, that was like a lifeline for them. And now they're like, let's not pay down our massive $5 billion debt. Let's go buy some more theaters. Let's go add to it. We're going to be in debt anyway. Yeah. Might as well be gung-ho about it. Yeah. Well, guys, the debt, some of it's not due for like three to four years. So we could just kick this can of debt down the down the way. And we'll, the whole industry will be back by then. We had this conversation December of 2019 that AMC was going to declare bankruptcy within 18 months. Yeah. <laughs> like we had this and we're right at 18 months. And they're like, <laughs> and they're like, let's buy more theaters. Technically. Yeah. I we... feel like they're like that guy at Vegas at the craft table. It's like, just one more roll. Yeah. We'll be good. <laughs> this will be it. Come on. To these dice. No, Come they... on. Lucky sevens. Yeah. No, they are the guy that's in a hole with a shovel, and he's like, well, I'll just keep digging. Eventually, I'll get out. Yeah. Like, just keep going. There's treasure down there somewhere. <laughs> right. Now, the article, I mean, that part is just, you just shake your head at AMC, but whatever. Um, but the article is interesting because they did have Wall Street analysts on there saying the industry is viable. This is viable. The problem is you're overscreened, and you've probably been overscreened for a while. They say there's something like 40,000 screens in the U.S., not locations, screens. Yeah. And that um, a a more healthy number, a more realistic number should be like 30, maybe 35. So that's, you know, we're we're over-screened in the country. Um, I think we were kind of getting by a little bit because of 
changing out the seating to luxury seating. So even though you had so much screening, the seat numbers were going down that were supporting those screens. So that was like a little bit of a bandaid on the situation. But I Mm -hmm. think the reality is, is you're going to see consolidation in the marketplace in the next few years. We have too many screens and too many seats for the amount of moviegoers we should expect moving forward and which will go down because of streaming. So you got to plan for that. I would like to see the same number of locations. I don't want to see little guys get hurt and have that screen count get shrunk by locations closing. I get if big if the big chains want to close underperforming locations, but I I like not to see the independents suffer and close and be slaughtered just to try to get that screen count down. I think that the number of locations is probably okay. It's just the number of screens are too much. And I'm what I'm hoping to see is in the, is as we go forward and we have less product that you won't see f- these 15 and 20 and 30 screen megaplexes anymore that that they will convert those extra screens to different retail um they'll use the theater as an anchor and create and create more of a commercial zone around the theater but that they will convert those unused screens and that's where we'll see the decrease in in screen count is you know 15s going down to 10s and or you know 20s going down to 10s i mean that if we could do that reduction across the board that way, that would be, I mean, ideal. Yeah. Best case scenario. But I think what it showed was that we have a viable industry. Wall street believes that there's a viable industry. They quoted in the article as saying it's a cheap form of entertainment, relatively cheap compared to other forms of entertainment. And it still gets people out. So there's some viability there. It's just that right now there's just too many, screen options and not enough um, product to fill them. So we need to refigure that out a little bit. And I just hope that we don't consolidate the independence to achieve that goal. Yeah. But if AMC is throwing money around, this uh, podcast sponsorship is currently for sale. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We know, we know how you guys spend your money. Yeah. So we'd be glad to take 30% of what you normally offer. Right. (laughs) I love it. Yeah, I, I, I love that idea. Why brought not? To, brought to you by AMC. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so somehow their bankruptcy was kind of a gateway to us learning that, hey, the industry's still viable, but you just have to make some adjustments. Yeah. Because there's not much product out thanks to streaming, and maybe less uh, less screens won't be so bad. No. I, you know, I think less screens, luxury seatings, because in reality, you don't need... 100 150 seats in an auditorium you're not selling out that many people are not coming to that auditorium outside maybe opening night but throughout your run your occupancy rate is never 100 percent on all your show times so you don't need all those seats you only need them for the opening and so i think if you could put luxury in lower your seat count and then if you're over screened if you're over 12 you know, screens and you're finding that you're just not, you're having one or two people at shows and you're having to play multiples, you know, really rethink what could you do with those other screens? What those are venue auditorium rooms. What can you do with them and get creative? Maybe they become, 
I don't know, like a laser tag room, mm-hmm. or maybe they become something else, or maybe they become your, your gaming room where you run out to gamers to stream gaming. I think there's a lot of possibilities you can put in there and that now is a good time when we finally do get SVOG money to maybe look at, uh, reconfiguring what those extra auditoriums are because at the same time that this is all happening we have a lot of first generation digital equipment that's coming up and needs to be replaced i mean 2012 was the big digital conversion year and we're in 2021 and in six months it'll be 2022 and that's 10 years and that's pretty much the lifespan of that first generation equipment so you're looking at a $50,000 projector cost next year or 30,000. How much would it be just to maybe not do that auditorium and make it a print another projector? What, how much would it be to retrofit into something else? And, or even just save some money. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, they'll, you might see some de facto screen um, eliminations just purely on the fact that, that the projectors are going to start dying off here soon. The first generation projectors. I wonder if theaters do start making that switch and start doing less screens. I wonder how that comes into play for how studios make movies these days. Movies are, are especially from the big studios, they're making movies so that way those theaters are being sold out. So that way all of those seats are filled. But between, you know, screens starting to low or possibly starting to lower down and, you know, so much time is being split between theaters and streaming. Maybe studios will have to rethink their strategy on not overblowing budgets for big blockbusters and have to scale back, you know, the types of movies that they make. Like, still blockbusters, but not to where they're, like, costing you $100 million. Well, I think that's already going to happen. I think they look at a $200 million film budget, and they're like, how many other pieces of content could we have made mm-hmm. if we had scaled this back to, say, $100 million? And then we have $100 million. To, yeah. We could make a whole season or multiple seasons of something for the streaming platform. So I think the days of those massive, huge budgets are going to go by the wayside because they are in the business of content creation, and they need the money for more content. Yep. So I think that that's going to be an issue, but overall how they might address the theaters, I I hope that by eliminating some screens, we're just getting to more, uh, we're hitting our most efficient point. And that, because the, the box office is dominated, 85% of the money is made in the top circuits, you know, AMC, Regal, Cinemark, and maybe even the, the next two. So all the independents only do something like 15% of the box office. So if there's some consolidation, I don't think that they're ever going to change up how they approach the theatrical market because they really are just relying on those top three chains and those chains are going to exist and have locations. And I think that knowing that it just the independent exhibitor needs to adjust it needs to rethink how they approach the studios. Are they going to rely on the studios moving forward? Are these screens going to be filled with films moving forward? Or are they going to be used for something else? And I mean, we have a couple small single screen, little guy theaters, historic theaters, and they do other things. They do live productions. They do weddings. They, I mean, we have one that's a wedding venue and she'll make a couple thousand dollars on a weekend on a wedding where she might only make a couple hundred dollars showing a movie. 
And so that's a good call. You can make bank on weddings. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you've got to, you start thinking outside the box, what you could do mm-hmm. with your venue, especially if you have like a historic old theater that is just beautifully maintained and yeah. you just want to yep. keep it for the historic sake in the community. Start looking at those alternatives. Yeah. No, there's, if you have a stage for live events, if you have mm-hmm. a venue for photographers or for, um, like you said, weddings or wedding, uh, shows where they have i mean there's right or such a, video games it's such about a large before. amount of yeah. space that you have and it can easily be utilized for something more than the films yep but we have films this week but we have films <laughs> yes i don't want to like discourage anybody we have movies and they are going wide and some of them are going theatrical exclusive mm-hmm. like Hotel Transylvania coming up in July will be theater exclusive and they're going very wide and they're going to take whoever they can on it and it's going to be great and it's going to be a good summer kids programming and definitely an anchor in our schedule. So we're just, we're keeping all that in mind. We're just looking at, um, kind of what this meant with this article saying that the, the domestic market was overscreened and what those possibilities could mean. Yeah, no, we are... Very excited to have two theatrical wide releases in the next seven days mm-hmm. with Peter Rabbit and Hitman's Wife's Neighbor's Gardener's Bodyguard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then the one that's getting the best review so far is In the Heights, which is day and date with HBO Max today. Right. Kyle saw that last night. Yeah. In the theater. In a theater. <laughs> as one should. In the Heights, in the theater. Yep. What'd you think? Uh, I'll start with the short version of my review. Uh, a big buff man at the end of the movie sitting next to me got up and started an applause <laughs> <laughs> and if your movie can do that you got a great movie <laughs> but this movie was great um you know it was just nice to have instead of you know like a scary theater experience which was still fun it's a more lively theater experience it's one where it's filled with uh joy levity where it you know it touches on themes like family and following your dreams and it touches on uh culture uh, the type of culture um that's within the washington heights where the movie is centered in and the music's catchy the choreography the cinematography is all fantastic and the the people in the audiences they're gonna get caught up in the emotions because the characters work so well the music's beautiful to listen to and it just works it just works so well all around and it it's it's nice to have this feeling of walking out of a theater being like i'm happy i went to see that so it's i i can't praise it enough like this movie was really excellent and a lot of fun can lynn manuel miranda do ron musically <laughs> like i don't think he can i mean is he capable of having a dud at this point like oh that just didn't work i mean <laughs> this hamilton moana the dude the dude kills it and we and we really do need more guys like him when it comes to movie making because, or even just, you know, Broadway in general, even Broadway movies, what have you. But we just need more of this type of entertainment um, where you can just walk in. Maybe it's something that you don't quite know of or you're not familiar with, but the story is just so engaging. The characters are just rich and great to follow along with where, you know, you're entertained from start to finish. You have the hot, you follow the highs that the characters are having, the lows that the characters are having and, you know, it's just, it's one of those movies where I wish we could have a lot more of it because the experiences and the emotions that carry you with you are just so great, especially in a theater setting. 
but it was not as good as Peter Rabbit 2 or Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard <laughs> because it went day to day with HBO Max. <laughs> I, I implore people, please go see this in a theater. Like, I would think with the music in the, you would want to have the theater sound system. You wouldn't want to try to watch this on a small screen. I mean, I'm all. sure there's people out there that are like, my sound system's still pretty good, and it could be impressive, but it, oh it's... Could you imagine the, in an Atmos screen where you've got that, was it 30 speaker system or 35 speaker system? Something where, like that. Where yeah. it pinpoints the exact point in the auditorium where a pin could drop mm-hmm. and you would hear it. And oh, I mean, you just can't beat that. No home theater system is going no. to even compare to a Dolby Atmos system. So, yeah, for sure. But get off your high horse. <laughs> no, I'm sure I would have loved the movie regardless, but you know, I, I was just surrounded by people who I could tell were just caught Enjoying up in the story it. as much as I would. I mean, you know, the big gym rat guy, you know, applauded <laughs> at the end. Some high schoolers behind me were all crying and sniffling during like the second half of the movie. And even when it was like happy moments after there was sad moments, they still were crying. So <laughs> You know, and it's, it's, that's the fun part. Like as long as no one's being a jerk and being on their phone or something, like if you guys can find a great movie like that and be, be all entertained together, it's great. Well, you know, what's interesting. Ken and I were in the bank the other day and we go out and I, it's been a long time since I heard people talking about movies. That's mm-hmm. a whole separate conversation about where movies fall in the cultural dynamic. Yeah. But we were at the bank and we could hear these old people talking about in the heights and oh. i was not thinking that was going to be their mo- kind of movie sure yeah it definitely to me plays it looks like it plays younger audience but um they were like oh it was filmed near our area we got to watch him and it just it's full of scening and dancing it's got lynn manuel miranda making the music and they went on and on and they were selling the hell out of that movie <laughs> to, I, to these people they were talking to. I think there will be a lot of people that are selling it too. Like there's no way you can dislike this movie unless if you're not a fan of musicals then whatever. But even for me, who's pretty hit and miss on musicals like this one was, it was just really good. Yeah. It was really good. Well, it was very encouraging to hear talk of a movie, you know, outside our workplace, like out in the oh, real yeah. world. Yeah. And, enthusiastic not where it was like oh that's a turd and i can't believe i spent money on it no this was like <laughs> go go see it it's going to be wonderful yeah and that was that was so positive i haven't heard talk like that in so long that was that was nice that's you know that gives me a sigh of relief yeah it's been a hot second since we heard any conversations about movies and i think i've heard <laughs> yeah. like three this week in passing it's wild yeah that we have this they were all about in the heights too which is crazy for me to think that that's the one well we'll have a conversation next week because (laughs) when we were looking at the booking strategies and warners had conjuring and in the heights i knew conjuring was going to do well but i was worried about in the heights and so but i was like it's pg-13 i gotta take it and if i had you know i can't double track warners so there was a you either get conjuring you get in the heights and I talked a lot of people into In the Heights. A couple of people went with Conjuring, but most people went In the Heights. So I'm really hoping my bet pays off because I, I was it was a tough choice. Don't underestimate the power of Lin Manuel. Yeah, I've learned that the hard way, <laughs> and I paid the price for it because I, I I didn't see Hamilton yet until it came out on streaming. But um, so many of my friends like were praising it and were loving the music, and you know I liked what I heard in Moana with his music, but even still, I was like, I, I don't get what the big deal is. But after watching Hamilton, I was like, 
I get it now. Like the dude's the dude's really good. <laughs> He's really talented. Kyle must be excited. He said the word dude like nine times. <laughs> dude. Dude. You actually sound like a Kyle today. <laughs> oh my gosh. Where's my Mountain Dew right now? <laughs> I've got one right Monster here. Monster energy drink, bro. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I'll share that after seeing how sick you are, but thanks anyway. It's allergies, Kyle. I mm, we gotta be careful. Remember back when allergies, everybody that had allergies thought we had COVID? Right. <laughs> Last yeah. year. That was crazy. I went through it was a scary phase okay <laughs> luckily i was popping the legger d and i was fine the only way to get over covid legger d <laughs> yeah that, that and a white wine cody tried that every day for oh, three months i did i was like i will kill all the germs in my body with wine because it's alcohol right the alcohol it disinfects yeah totally. i mean i'm not gonna put bleach in my veins like some people were suggesting but i was definitely trying to drown everything in alcohol that's for sure <laughs> Well, I mean, speaking of... I'm not doing that anymore. <laughs> She's better now. I'm better now. Now I'm just on the Allegra D. <laughs> We're happy for you, Cody. Thank you. Glad you fixed your problem. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She snorts it. She has a problem. <laughs> <laughs> You're terrible. Uh, okay. Um, speaking, of, really speaking, of terrible, yeah. speaking of terrible, we got a Kay. Space Jam 2 trailer this week. Oh, you don't like it? <laughs> Well, and neither just, do I. <laughs> LeBron James is is hurting this movie, which I didn't think was possible because I really? thought he had his built-in audience. Yeah. He's become more divisive than normal. He has He's actually. Changed. That's been kind of that's been kind of scary. Like uh, it, you know, we're yeah. relying on this to bring in families, but oh, yeah. a lot of people I've been talking to are like, mm, I don't want to see it because of him. And I'm like, what? It's Space Jam. Like last week I was saying, who knew that they hate him so much that they can't stand to see him stand next to Bugs Bunny? Yeah, like, like you can't get over Like what that. are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, no, he officially changed his number from 23 this week to number six, which is the same number he wears in Space Jam. Yeah. So he's going to play with the number six moving I would, forward again. I wonder if it would have been just easier to digitally change six to 23 in Space Jam and keep your number. Like... Why? It's, I, I, who knows why decisions are made. The trail yeah. is not. The trail is fine. The trail is not bad. I mean, you can't really change too much. I want the, This is like the second version trailer to come out. So. Yeah, I don't know. I, I guess as someone who loved the first Space Jam so much, granted it's not a great movie, but it's. Inter- what are you talking about? It's great. You, you're right. It's perfect. What am I talking about? Yeah. Welcome to the Space, Space Jam. Jam. It just, <laughs> it just feels cringy when the sequel is trying to outdo what the first one did and granted like the first one was trying to make like a buck obviously but you could tell like it was a rough go to make that movie but that's the charm of it too but i guess with this sequel it just seems so forced commercial commercial (laughs) artificial which is dumb to say like of course like that's the point of it all i mean they literally replaced The bad guy with Don Cheadle, which was the sure. same thing they did in Iron Man Two. <laughs> <laughs> like we're on to you, Cheadle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I this will work. I'm sure it'll be a good movie. I'm sure maybe some kids will like it, but the trailer. Eh, maybe I'm just older now and bitter. What did you guys think of the new Free Guy trailer? Because it emphasized that Guy is a nice guy. A superhero kind of like good guy. Like a super, super ho- nice guy. Yeah. 
We know how I to market Black Widow. Was... Let's market the same way with Free Guy. Yeah, I thought that was kind of lame. It's got enough I, Ryan re- Reynolds-y stuff in it yeah. that it'll be okay, but he needs to have an edge. He can't just be soft. No, they made him soft in this trailer. I think I found that off-putting. Yeah. Too nice. Too <laughs> soft. Yeah. yeah, I think the first, what was it, one or two trailers, yeah. they did a really good job it of being great. like, it's... It's kind of like Fortnite with Ryan Reynolds, who's like PG-13 edgy, but it's about a character that's, you know, trying to break out of his shell and, uh, you know, uh, just be on his own and learn about the meaning of, I don't know, life and friendship and stuff like that. But Save his world. Yeah, but instead of it being like with the PG-13 edge, it seems like they really are playing more into the heart of gold uh, character motivating type stuff, which... I think for this type of movie, you still need to show that it, it will have like an edge. This I'm, last I'm tra- having a, a day afternoon with my best friend. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, what? <laughs> I felt like this trailer was definitely like, this is how Disney would market the exactly. film. And it didn't feel edgy or fun. It didn't feel like the Fox film that we got originally. Yep. Mm-hmm. This was like, okay, now Disney's in control. And then yep. we're going to scrub off some of the hard edges and we're going to shine her up a little bit. We're just going to play up how nice he is. Okay. Yep. Disney, Disney screwed up this trailer, but yep. they nailed the other one they released this week. Yes. Okay. In <laughs> in context where it you want it, they did Ron's Gone Ron. It's an animated uh, title coming out when? Uh, October. October. Yeah. I'll double check. It that, looks though. super cute. It's um, it's about a kid who gets a like personalized little robot companion, but it, there's something wrong with his. Like it's. It's like obviously a defective one that somehow got through and this kid is, is the only kid with the defective one. But, you know, you find true friendship in the defects of others. That's pretty much the movie. Yeah. October 22nd, by the way. But it looked cute. There was some funny scenes and we showed, we watched it with our boys and they laughed at it. <laughs> I mean, they were like half crawling on Kyle to watch it through his computer screen, but. That was adorable. Yeah. It's, it's the perfect pg movie we need it yeah we needed it in may right <laughs> like hey, i'll keep saying this beating my drum we're already past it but if we can rewind and put any one of these fully animated pg films in may it would have been great but move on ken i can't move on that's tr- part of our industry tr- we move on to the next I'm week trying <laughs> on to the plus side though it does yeah. seem like it's theater exclusive well, we don't know for sure yet. May, I'm just for now. Disney has Kyle's throwing it out there. Disney hasn't said what they're doing. Putting it out in the universe. With exclusivity Let's just see what happens. after Jungle Cruise. We don't know on any f- title after that. Fair enough. But for now, I think we could at least be like, okay. Yeah. That seems just nice. Put it out there. <laughs> float it, float the idea. It's not well, a declaration, just so all we know it's, is it's that there. it should go to theaters right now. It's not gonna be exclusive Disney Plus like Luca. Jeez, oh, don't remind me. Luca. That's coming out. I completely forgot about that movie until you mentioned that. Because you know Luca. why? Because it's going to streaming. Yeah, I don't care. Yeah. Get out of here. I mean, I, I care a little. But even still, I <laughs> Yeah. Even still, it hurts that I was not anticipating a Pixar movie at all. Right. If Lin-Manuel did anything to do with Luca, Kyle's going to watch it. He's going to break down. <laughs> Imagine how many get, dudes get, I'm going to throw out after watching Dis- a Pixar movie. Get Disney yeah. Plus. He's going to invite <laughs> that bro over to his house to watch it. So they can high five during it. Bro, <laughs> come on, dude. Let's watch Luca. That was totally Miranda right there. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> oh, God, you do sound like my friends. <laughs> 
Will we have anything else this week? No. Wrap about wraps up the week for us. Yeah. All right. Happy Friday, big grosses, everybody. Yeah. I hope everybody goes out and sees Peter Rabbit this week. Um, it had wonderful success in England and Australia, so I expect even better success here because we've been without a really good theater exclusive kids movie in a while. So yeah, this this is gonna be a good weekend. Yep. Uh, all right, so thank you for listening to this episode of the podcast. You can find us on all podcast platforms and over at silverscreeninsider.com, where if you're a theater owner or manager needing updated and accurate film information and marketing materials to promote those movies, check out our website there and see all the available materials that we have. All right. Lucky rabbit's foot this weekend, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Let's sell some popcorn. Have a good weekend. Bye.